I'm Aaron Beam, and today I'm doing a podcast, and I'm so glad that you joined me. My guest today is Donald Brisbane. Donald uh, was my attorney when I was involved in the Health South fraud scandal, whatever you want to call it. Um, I heard about the fraud on the news one night, and uh, I started checking around and asked all around Mobile a few people I knew that were attorneys and all, who was the best criminal attorney um, in Mobile? And Donald Brisbane's name kept coming up. So that's how we got uh, to know each other. Donald, you're not originally from Alabama, are you? You're you're from somewhere up north, right? I'd be referred to as the Yankee Employee Company. I was raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, I lived there until I was 19 years of age, and then the family moved south, and I enrolled at the University of Alabama, went to undergraduate school there, and law school, and then came back to Mobile, started practicing law. Did you ever think about going back to Philadelphia, or did you, when you came south, you decided you liked it? I never gave it a second thought, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) I love my years down here. The quality of life is not duplicated in, in, in Philadelphia, although it's a great city and I enjoy it when I go back. I bet, yeah. You told me uh, when we first met, we talked a little bit about uh, we're both big football fans. You're Alabama, I'm LSU. We bet every year on the game. And after oh, losing. <laughs> After losing for about eight years in a row, I finally won last year. So I'm, I feel real good about things now. But um, you, I think you told me you actually tried out for the Alabama football team. Is that true? Well, yeah. So I was a sophomore. Coach Bryant was the coach at that time. And I had um, played a year of football at Lafayette College. Had a scholarship up there. And then when we moved, I thought I'd try it with the big boys and walked on. <laughs> I asked the coach if I could, and he was very gracious. And it, it was a very uh, difficult time, you know, from the physical demands and the great athletes that they have there. I don't pretend to think that I was in, in their class, but it's something that uh, uh, I look back on, and I'm, I'm one of the things I'm, I'm happiest about having tried, even though I did not see <laughs> uh, you 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 look like you could have been pretty fast, but uh, not that big. <laughs> well, if I wasn't fast, I wouldn't be here today. So yeah, I had good speed. I did. <laughs> Interesting. Um, what what kind of law do you practice uh, to, uh, in in general? I know I think of you as a criminal attorney, but uh, not always a criminal walks into your door. I hope. So, uh, and I don't refer to myself as a criminal attorney. Uh, I refer to uh, myself as a lawyer who represents the accused and enforces their constitutional rights. In addition to defending people charged crime, I do quite a bit of domestic work, family law, that's divorces, and um, used to do a lot more personal injury and wrongful death but that sort of uh, got watered down by all the competition. So the main main uh, two areas are domestic relations and, and criminal. Okay. Um, 
you had one very famous case. I know the uh, press register, the newspaper did an article on you once about some of your famous cases. And your most famous case was um, when that barge, I think it was, hit the bridge and the um, uh, train fell into the to the water. And how many people died in that case? Talking about the Sunset Limited case? Yeah, the Sunset Limited. Right. Um, there were 49 persons. And you represented the who in the case? Represented the captain of the uh, tug. Of the tug. Okay. Um, was it a difficult case? I mean, that it must have been a lot of pressure on you knowing that that many people had perished and everything. Um, how long did it take you to prepare for the case? And just tell me a little bit about it and what you had to do. And uh, Well, I, I think the most, uh, the, the best way to tell it is sort of the chronology. I, I had gone to lunch. And it was on the news, but for some reason I had not accessed or been near television or radio. I didn't hear it. When I returned to some lunch, a colleague of mine, another lawyer, called and said, Donald, I need your help immediately. And I didn't know if it was personal or, or professional. And I said, well, what can I do for you? He said, uh, there's been a horrible accident. Uh, a lot of people hurt and killed. And I need you to, to represent the, the captain. And I said, well, where do I go? He said, I have a car outside your office waiting for you. Go take me to yeah. the And when I got there, the captain was in the company of the FBI, the Coast Guard, the Sheriff's Department, and local police officers all wanted to interview him. And I was able to get there in a, fortunately, in a timely manner, told them that until we had further preparation, he would not be subjecting himself. He would not be doing an interview and please respect that and I'm going to be representing him. And um, we went from there. And one of the one of the main things was, I mean, it was such a traumatic experience for anyone involved. Uh, we were able to sign and have counseling provided and things of that nature. But uh, fortunately, um, it worked out for him in the best possible way. Where was he from? Was he a local person or? No. Okay. And, um, you know, we're in touch. I hear from him every now and then. I've represented members of his family. And, uh, you know, he's still with us. How long did the trial last? Was it a long, drawn out deal? He was never uh, tried. He was never tried. Oh, never, never tried. Oh, okay, good. You, you it, was were... less, it was less primarily to um, the civil remedies. There are a lot of lawsuits that you could imagine. Right. Right. I, I, I did not participate in that. Okay, okay. Gosh. Any other cases that kind of come to mind? There was one case of Health South that I think was a pretty big case for you. It was a tremendous case, and I had a great client at... Um, <laughs> It's uh, just needless to say it got its share of notoriety, and uh, it was it was just an interesting situation all the way around. Um, and you know, we were we were there together, and uh, all things considered, it it stood behind the thing. Okay. 
I, I, again, I want to thank you for the way you helped me through it. You saw me cry a lot. <laughs> it was a very traumatic thing. I mean, I, I, I think about it all the time, just being sentenced by the judge and all the people in the courtroom. And I, it's just a horrible, horrible thing. But uh, uh, I, I'll never forget. What was the name of that judge? He was an older judge. And he said I wasn't the worst uh, fish in the sea or something. <laughs> you remember that? Robert Stroke. Yeah. Robert Stroke? Right. Yeah. 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 He was, was a very, very bright, erudite individual. Uh, I, I believe he may have been number one in his law school class. He was a lot older than you and I. Yeah. And, uh, he was highly respected and uh, tried to be as fair as he possibly could. I think he was with you and I often considered. Yeah, of course, you were trying, and I was hoping that I would not have to go to prison at all. But um, he, 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 I, I should have recorded his comments, but he said something like, I, I know you don't want to go to prison at all, but considering everything, I've got to send you away for uh, uh, three months. And, uh, of course, I was very, very excited about that, that I only got three months and not uh, – the other, I think, oh, I think so okay. too. Of all the CFOs that were tried in the case, I, I got the least amount of time, and um, so uh, I felt good about it. it. Was the thing you, the advice you told me? I remember walking into your office, and first thing you said to Phyllis and I is, "Don't lie to me. Don't lie to the federal government." That was your first first words. Don't lie. Uh, was there ever a, a, a thought that maybe I should have tried to to be found innocent by lying or, you know, I, uh, courtrooms are yeah, be things because people, people do lie to try to not go to prison, you know. Uh, well, you never consider that as not, an option, though, I don't think. It is not an option. It was not an option with you, and it's never been an option with anyone I've represented. Uh, lawyers have the ethical and the legal responsibility not to allow a witness or a client to lie to a court or to lie under oath. Uh, if you're doing that and you know it, then you, then you run the risk of being criminally charged yourself with supporting perjury. And we weren't going down that path, and I wasn't going to let you go down okay. that path because the reason that you received the most lenient sentence of everybody because he was straight. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what we thought. Yeah. You know, people, the, the defense attorneys, of course, claimed that, that I cut a deal with the government to get a light sentence. And, of course, it was never presented to me like that. Now, Aaron, you rat Richard out. You won't do as much time. Of course, they were trying to defend him, and that's the way they painted all of us guys as sure. just rats that ratted Richard out and then he was an innocent man. But uh, that that bothers me to this day. I think I've talked to you about it several times that there are people out there probably still perceive that I cut a deal with the government. Um, but like you said, don't lie. And it, was I going to lie for the guy? Why the hell would I have lied for Richard Scrooge? I mean, <laughs> I don't 
there was no way in the world that was going to benefit you at all. Yeah. And, you know, Richard was uh, acquitted, ultimately, as we all know. And I think if he had been convicted, I think he would not have gotten jail time. Yeah. yeah. The government obviously yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, when you, back to the criminal things, if somebody approaches you and wants to hire you, they come in, they say, I've been involved in something here. I, I need you to represent me. Do you ask them right then, well, what was it? What did you do? Do you ask them to tell you the truth just like you did with me? Is that procedure? Absolutely. The one thing a lawyer doesn't want, whether it's civil or criminal, particularly criminal, he doesn't want a surprise in the middle of the trial. <laughs> his client had, had not uh, disclosed or divulged things. Uh, you know, you can deal in large part with the fact you can't deal with surprises. Not with 12 folks sitting there. Yeah. Uh, the client's uh, future and freedom and liberty on the line. You've got to know what um, all, what the truth is because it's going to come yeah. out. Yeah. Um, have you ever used uh, supposedly Richard uh, hired a jury selection firm to help handpick the jury? Have you ever uh, used a jury selection firm? Well, we yes, there was a big federal prosecution a number of years here in Mobile against a. Uh, salvage company uh, because they were allegedly cheating uh, on the sales and the weight of the, the, the product. Wow. Uh, we had uh, two women that evaluated the reaction of the jury. There were always to each witness that came in every day and, and how they responded to questions when the jury was being selected uh, and it was uncanny to me how accurate they were and what they could pick up from just the jurors' reactions, uh, their, their physical uh, movement, whether they were comfortable or uncomfortable, whether they liked or didn't like the jury. And we would consult with them after court was uh, concluded each day. Uh, that, that was amazing. Of course, we had a client uh, there was about six or seven lawyers involved in that. I mean, there were that many defendants. Um, so we had a client that had the resource to do that. So uh, yeah. it was very helpful. But it's, it's unusual to have it. Uh, you, you can't afford it in a, in a run-of-the-mill state. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it had to be a big, big deal. Uh, I've gotten in touch with the president of the uh, jury selection. If exactly what they call themselves, but it's the Association of Jury Selection People and uh, the president of it is that young lady, and uh, she has a PhD, and uh, we're, I'm talking to her about being on a podcast with me just to, for her to talk about how they do their job and uh, how prevalent is jury selection and that kind of thing. So I think it'll be a pretty good podcast, so if I, if okay. I get it. Get it under my belt. I'll be sure and let you know. So she she's being pretty tough though. She's wanted me to really tell her what kind of questions I was going to ask and all. And uh, I I asked her 
one of the questions I asked her, have you, have you ever been sued by a client? And she says, I can't answer that. <laughs> she wouldn't have, she wouldn't answer. So she didn't want me to ask that question. Okay. 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 Well, anyway, but uh, you ever watch that TV show bull? No, you, you have you never watched it. Okay, you're, I don't watch you're, legal uh, <laughs> shows with lawyers and prosecutors and defense attorneys. I just don't do it. I mean, I do it for a living. Yeah. I don't need to see it. Oh, now I walk in the house, and my wife regularly watches those programs, Law and Order. She loves Law and Order. So <laughs> I said, "That's not the way it is." <laughs> you don't want to hear it. <laughs> What did you did you read the book To Kill a Mockingbird? Of course I did. Yeah. One of my favorite possessions is I have a copy of that book autographed. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. I bet that's you sell that for a pretty penny, but you're not uh, gonna sell it. Uh, <laughs> uh you have a very interesting office uh right downtown Mobile and convenient for you. you you just walk to the courtroom every day when you go to court right and uh yeah. tell I me after hurricane frederick in november of 79 and uh lo and behold they built a courthouse across the street <laughs> <laughs> yeah and as you well know it's a pretty nice place to watch the morning i know I, I think i think i've been there for three Mardi Gras now, and it's 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 wonderful. Uh, I, I I just keep thinking that the COVID hit right. It was actually in the system when we went right. we, in, the, in those crowds. So it's uh, yeah. I bet we don't even have Mardi Gras this year. We shouldn't probably. Uh, I don't. I, I think the machinations are in place where they're trying to. Have it, but I don't no. know how you can. Virus. No, it, it's. I mean, well, I, I need No, no, I'm. I wouldn't go. Um, at one time, I think you you told me you you thought about being a judge. Uh, do you still have uh, aspirations to be a judge one day? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm practicing law. I have the utmost respect for, for the judiciary and what they do, and so many of those men and women really give up uh, a lot to serve as mm-hmm. they've done. Uh, and uh, I, I respect them. We, I've been very fortunate, as has Mobile, with both our state and federal judges. Uh, we've got great judges. And, that, and I, like I said, I've been doing this over 50 years. We've always had great judges. And that's a real... I've always been impressed at the power, the respect that a judge demands in his courtroom or her courtroom. Uh, And I think that's at the heart of the judicial system working, that the judge can make the decisions and what he says in that courtroom is the law. It's you will do what he says or (laughs) <laughs> they the marshals send them out. You know, it's really impressive. Absolutely. Have you ever had a, you ever had a client get thrown out because he uh, the judge he make did something he's disrespectful to the judge or anything? I've been fortunate in that 
I've never experienced that. Yeah. But, but many years ago, there was a uh, a defendant in criminal case in federal court. I did not have anything to do with this case, but the notoriety was such. His name is Theriot, and he was before Judge Burgess Pittman, who I have the highest regard for. He's not with us anymore. And he was very, very disrespectful to Judge Pittman. And he wouldn't refer to him as Judge. He'd call him Pittman. And he yeah. And he always was trying to, uh, to bait him. And, and it was, it was very unseemly. But he would, that's what the defendant wanted to do. Of course, ultimately, he had to pay the price for the time. Yeah, I bet. Um, I tell you, again, I, I know I'm doubling back, but when I went through the whole process of preparing for the trial and being interviewed by the FBI and, and uh, that whole ordeal, I think the way you coach me of how to behave and how to talk to the people, um, it all worked out that I got the light sentence that I did. Uh, you know, the FBI... I may have told you during one of the sessions uh, when y'all were preparing me for the trial, he came out, you know, he's a big old guy, that big, <laughs> put his arm around me and says, don't worry, Mr. Veeam, you're going to be okay. He said, compared to some of these other guys, you're going to come out of this okay. My point is, you want these people that are in power like that to like you. You don't want to make them mad, piss them off, you know. <laughs> as long as you stay with them, it goes a long, long way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that 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 was my deal. I cut. I was a nice guy, and it paid off. Um, let's see what else can we talk about here. Uh, just in general, ethics is with my podcast are about ethics and we've had some discussions, you know, you've heard me speak and I've given quite a few speeches uh, at South university. I'm speaking at South at the end of this month. Again, the Dean of the business school. ethics is a big deal for a person like you. Um, I'm sure you, everything is about ethics. And I think you told me one time you had a talk with your son who has joined you in your practice that, there might be an occasion where a client wants to pay you a large sum of money uh, to help him break the law, so to speak. And uh, tell us what you told him, why you should not ever go down that, that road. What I told Josh was well, you have something that's precious and and you are empowered to do a lot of things that average people are not, and that is practice the practice of law and representing people. And there will be times, as there are in so many different professions, where it will be tempting to do something that is either illegal or unethical that costs you your career and your and basically your your earnings for the rest of your life if you if you violate the ethics and the law. And there's no, there is no case that's big enough for you to ever do that. And if someone, is, if you are tempted or someone has put something out there that you know is illegal, you turn around and walk away. Yeah. yeah it, it's, and Aaron, uh, I will say this. 
you and I had this discussion, and I told you and suggested, I said, you've got a lot to impart to people, whether they're in accounting like you are, whether they go to law school, whether they're physicians, whatever whatever they choose in life, there are ethics and there are rules. And you, you had probably done so much more good doing what you do now, traveling all around the different universities of college, and explain to people, those young graduate students, those students who are about to graduate, what what they should do and how they should observe ethical and lawful behavior. I know that you have saved people from falling into those traps. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. I did have a student one time, I won't say which university, but during the Q&A after my presentation, he said something like, Mr. Beam, you only went to jail for three months, but you made millions of dollars. Wasn't it worth it? You know? <laughs> and I, I literally said, I said, I, 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 I started to say, I said, I, I think I'm going to come back there and slap you. <laughs> <laughs> After hearing my speech, you know, and he, he says that, I said, I, I think I just want to come back there and slap you. Uh, no, I'm not even going to comment uh, on what you just said. So, <laughs> but, well, I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I want to, I do want to toot my horn a little because uh, I've spoken to over a hundred different universities now. A hundred. Yeah, a hundred. And I mean, Duke. Uh, Chicago School of Business, Stanford. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm doing a, a Zoom presentation with Yale next month. Yale University contacted me. They said they heard about me and they wanted me to, to do a, a presentation. So, yeah. So I'm, that's my first Ivy League school that I will talk to, but, um, I speak at Penn State every year, University of Kansas every year, of course, LSU every year. I spoke to them earlier this year. And there's a genuine, I can tell the professors appreciate my talk because they can study these cases in textbooks and they can study Enron and HealthSouth in the textbooks. But to hear me tell the story and, and tell it so they understand how you can get trapped in um, an unethical situation. It's not always, you don't always do something unethical because it's directly going to put money in your pocket. Uh, you just you think maybe you're helping the company by cheating a little. And um, it, it, I explained that that's, it started small at HealthSouth and look what it wound up being, you know, so it's, it's really important. So, um, anything other comments you'd like to make? Uh, I won't take much of your time here. I know you're, you probably got an appointment. You had about five appointments yesterday. So, I stay busy still. <laughs> you get, uh, there's not, I, you know, we pretty much covered it. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's a real joy to, uh, share the podcast with you. And I'm honored that you asked me to come on. So, uh, okay. maybe, uh, some of the things we talked about will be guidance and interest some of the listeners. Very good.
Thank you for listening to my podcast today. And if you want to hear more of my podcast, uh, you can find them at Aaron Beam Speaks. I do have a website, uh, AaronBeam.net. And if you'd like for me to speak to your company or to your organization, uh, there's information about how to book me, AaronBeam.net. And once again, the social media uh, link in to me is Aaron Beam Speaks. Thank you very much.